Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I'm ready to fight this one hard. So, John, if you see, want to get a word, go ahead. See, I. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Targeting Podcast. The boys are back. I got Justin and John here with me. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing wonderful. Absolutely great. Let's get it. Love to Let's hear. Get it. Love to hear. As always, like and subscribe to the video. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh. So you guys want to start off? We'll start off with play of the week first. Uh, well, yeah, we'll right. into our NBA discussion for me because I think we all know who my athlete of the week is going to be. Wait, it was wait. a pretty stellar week from this man. Okay. 62 <laughs> points. And also an unbelievable shot in the last game with that, yeah, like three guys on him, just bodying three guys and just throwing it up. Steph Curry. Yeah. 62 yeah. points. That's just – that's just unbelievable, you know, and there, you know, there hasn't been too much with sports recently, but in the NBA, that definitely was hurt by everybody. Now I, I'm, I'm a little, you know, butthurt that Steph and Tobias Harris got the. You know, oh, it's players. terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely I don't terrible. understand how you don't give it to Jalen Brown in the East. I don't understand. I don't and understand. Let me just say understand. Tobias Harris. Yeah. You have a, you're having a good start to the season, but you have so many other players around you that carry you and we're, we're talking about is, a Tobias Harris week where he only, he averaged 23 points that week. Didn't like, didn't average a double double or anything. Like it was just like, what's special about Jaylen Tobias Harris that random week of all players where Jalen Brown. Week. Yeah. Right. Where Jalen Brown is the number one in number one in points in all of basketball. And we picked up a bunch of big wins that week and somehow Tobias Harris gets it. I don't understand. What but, that is either. I, you know, as much but, as I want to give it to Jalen Brown, you know, again, I would have, if he won that, but since he didn't, I'm going to give it Steph because he won it, and I don't believe Tobias deserved it, so I'm going to go with Steph. Yeah, well, I'll just go ahead and go as well. And, uh, Jerry, you might be on the same page as us as well. But I, mine is also Steph Curry. Um, you know, a crazy week. He averaged 35-6-6 six and six this week through three games. Had his career high 62 versus Portland, which for Steph to come out and, and put up that game was, was pretty incredible to watch. I mean, having a tough year for the, the Warriors, obviously starting off tough this season. Um, the Steph was getting a lot of hate and, uh, and he just came out and shut everyone the fuck up. I mean, really just a really incredible quick. performance. Yeah. I want to, okay. I want to say I, my player was Steph. I didn't realize all three of you had it. So I have another player in mind, but I'm going to go for a- it. All right. All right. I'll switch it up. All right. <laughs> just to, just to be clear though, we're not discounting anything Steph Curry did this week because man literally carried this, in my opinion, carried this team back to where they needed to be. And I'm excited for the rest of his career. But he would be four and four without Clay. But I, I just think he's an unbelievable player, and I, I knew he was mad about the past performances. It wasn't even his fault. I mean, you're getting double, triple team. You can't really help that. Help that. But um, I'll switch it up for my player of the week. Um, you guys are not gonna agree with this, um, because you guys don't really like him, and but I do, and um, I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield because he got the Browns to the playoffs, barely. Yeah, you got him there. 196 yards. No, I, I won't. I won't. I won't discount it because the wait, NFL. Wait, wait. I want. I want to hear stat line, Jerry. Too. Actually, you, you finish up, John. Sorry. I, I, I was just gonna say I'm not gonna discount that. I know Jerry has been rooting for him. It's a little biased one because I think a lot of other guys play performed a little better. Like you know, I think it was Lockett had two touchdowns and 90 yards on 12 receptions. But I'll give you the Baker Mayfield. So we'll, we'll explain the stat line now, so everyone knows. All right. All right. So passing, right? About like a 60% completion rate. A little higher. 
How many uh, yards? How many yards? 196. Oh, under 200. Had a, okay. Had a, had a touchdown, and he got he got 44 rushing yards on six. Well, the, and the important thing was the win. So you know, it's yeah, a good week. The, the important so, thing was the win. All right, so I'll give you that. The, you know, I'll I think, get, I think the stats there are more for the team than Baker, but I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. obviously he's the QB well, that, like, of the week. It's like, it's a player. Right, right, right. No, uh, but I, I will give it to you. Back. I will give it to you. I will give it to you because we're changing it up. Um, but I'm still going to keep Steph because I went with him and I think it's fine if Justin and I have the same one this week. Oh, no doubt. No, no doubt. it's not a problem. Um, I'm going to switch it up. No, I, I like it. I like it. And we'll obviously uh, get into it in that in-depth discussion of all of the uh, wild card weekend matchups in a few here, but uh, definitely a big week from, from Baker and the Browns needed that win and they got it. So yeah. Perfect. I like it. Um, do you guys want to dive more? We're going to talk about both. Uh, do you guys want to start off with World Juniors or do you want to go with NBA? I guess we can quickly cover World Juniors. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah, John, you want you want to start off with I that? Yeah, with that game? World Juniors, I, I, I think I watched probably more than, than you two, but I know that Justin watched a little bit. Um, yep. But, John, can you explain briefly for the people that might not know what it is? Yeah. Just- World Juniors is basically – Essentially, you can think of it as the Olympic, but it's the Olympics, but it's a tournament for 16 to 20 year old players um, from across the globe. But I forget how many teams exactly make it, but there's obviously like a seating. So obviously, you know, this year, teams like Austria and Germany made it. But in years past, Kazakhstan has made it. It depends on how good they do in an entry level um like preseason, yeah, and like a, a lot of the players in it will be rookies next week when the NHL starting up next week. They'll be coming in. And they they just got drafted in this past draft class, and they'll be the incoming rookies. So it's these young prospects that haven't quite gone to the NHL, but are just about to be there slash got drafted and are about to start playing next week. Right. And a lot of them, um, actually, which is interesting, and I, and I'll go over that. But the U.S. actually was missing. I believe it was seven key players who got drafted, um, and one of them obviously left. Um, Actually, no, Canada was also missing some players as well. So, obviously, not everyone's there. So, you got to work with what you got. But, um, obviously, the big-name thing, we got to know, USA beat Canada. And USA, without the pieces they had, and Canada with the strong offense that they had, and USA played some old-school, you know, sloppy here and there early on. But they ended up getting the win. They just put the puck on the net. And I think the big thing there is the attitude from – and I was going to give, actually – um, it's, I'm not going to say my player of the week is this because it's world juniors and no one's going to give props, him. props, but, him. but I'll give props to Trevor Zegers who had the most goals and he went into that game and he said, because what happens is Devin Levi, um, who is the goalie for Canada, small kid. I don't even think he's exactly six foot standing in that. And if you go and I looked at his Instagram, he looks so short. He looks like he's a freshman in high school, but the kid had three shutouts the highest save percentage and basically led Canada right now to that, you know, almost back-to-back wins in the, in the world juniors. And he is a prospect for the Panthers. Spencer Knight over on USA, also a prospect for the Panthers. So two Panthers prospects going at each other. Both of them had unbelievable years. Um, that is crazy. And they have Sergei Bobrovsky anyway, so they're not even looking for a goalie. They don't crazy. even they got some, the they got some depth there. The set for the future. Yep. And, the United States going in, Trevor Zegers said, I think you're going to be surprised with us. We're, you know, I don't think Levi's been challenged as uh, he's been challenged as much as people have thought. You know, he's played easier teams and they haven't seen us come and lay the puck on him. And that's exactly what they did. They just put the puck on the net 
redirected its screens, everything you need to do. Because a goalie like, you know, Levy, when you saw him, when you just throw a puck on net, his glove was ready at all times. So the U.S. just did unconventional things. They just put the puck on the net from the point, and they ended up winning that game. It was closer than people would have thought. Canada was on the ropes the whole game with him. And Spencer Knight made unbelievable saves, so that's another prop character that I'm going to have to give it to. But And USA yeah. won, end up without players that they had. And going into it even more, Canada beats Russia, which I don't think many people realize, uh, and I'm going to give a fun stat, But and I was telling Justin about it, but the Russian team had one righty, not counting their goalie. So for hockey, that, that is crazy. substantial. For your power play, when you only have one righty, and if he's not out there, that really hurts with all lefties because then you're on, you know, an odd side, you, you're not getting the puck on the right angle and goalies can predict a lefty shot a lot easier, you know, if they know everyone's a lefty shooter. Uh, so Russia definitely wasn't as versatile enough to play a Canadian team like that. And they ended up losing to Finland who came well, yeah. up smashing them. Yeah, no, uh, definitely um, a crazy, crazy game. And, I know USA and Canada were that was the matchup everybody wanted, and I'm glad that that's the matchup that we ended up getting in the in the gold medal game there. I know on their way there, Canada had like a 16 to two win, and USA had like a 14 nothing win or something like that. Like they've been walking through this tournament, just barreling through it, and I'm glad we ended up seeing USA versus Canada and a hell of a game and a hell of a win for the the red, white, and blue. We love to and see it. My and going into it, my what the fuck moment. The Russian goalie, Askarov, had a very interesting season, I think, with this. They lose to Finland. Russia's up 1-0 in that game, and they end up losing 4-1. Now, Finland was a good team, but they weren't as good as one would think, but they were still a good team. And Russia really struggled, I think, especially after the fact that they lost to Canada to go to that gold medal game. And Askarov, my what-the-fuck moment, if you go back and look at some of those highlights, Mr. Butterfingers over here. No goalie should be losing their stick two to three times, I believe, over the course of the game without even a player hitting him. He moved from Ooh. post to post and his stick came out of his hand. I, like dropped his stick? Yep. Ooh, so wow. A player had to give him his stick, you know, and players do that. But now that's a player without a stick and you can't do anything without your stick, really. It's just you're playing shorthanded for no reason. You're playing shorthanded. And the player's stick really does you no justice, especially when it's the opposite hand. And they score two goals on screens, and Canada just lifts themselves up. And I'm that is have surprising. To that completely on Askarov because you cannot be losing your stick in a big game like that without anyone touching it. There wasn't any yeah. battling in front of the net. It's weird to see a goalie at that high level uh, have that happen because I know those like that's what you do. You're a goalie. You got to hold on to that stick with everything you possibly can. I mean, you can't be letting go of that. That's crazy. That's very surprising. So that's one of my um, what the fuck moments. I have two this this episode, but that's one of them. The other one's going to be for later. But I just seeing that, I had to write it down because there's no reason. Uh, and hockey fans watching this are going to know there's no reason a goalie should lose their stick unless it's absolutely ripped out of their hands or they're barreled into. You know, that's, no, yeah, that's you, you, you got to hold on to that timber. Yeah. So, Good point. so that's my overview of that. All right. Love to hear, John. Always, always love the the background. Love the the red, white, and blue one. Exactly. USA, baby. USA. So, all right. Now we'll go back to the NBA. Um, so I think Steph was like the big thing this week. Sixty-two points. Breaking. So we had a couple of sixty balls this week. Deal yeah. dropped sixty last night too. So he did in a loss. Bradley though. Beal. 
In a loss. loss. In a loss. And that Washington Wizards team has been losing a lot. They've been losing a lot of games. I'm Russell Westbrook that they continuing are... to just play Russell Westbrook-style basketball. He's put up some crazy numbers. He's had like a triple-double in, de- in damn near every single game so far for them. But they're losing a lot. And I know one – I don't know if they're still stuck on one win, but if I know their first win was without Russ. So something's not working, and it's just the same thing that it's always not working about Russell Westbrook basketball teams. They're two and six. So they didn't get a second win. Okay. The Wizards team is going to have to. uh, It's an uphill battle from here because the the rate they're playing, they won't be making the playoffs. I agree. Yeah, they won't be. There are a lot of good teams in the East, and um, you know, like the we're far enough into the season at this point. You know, it was one thing when it was when they were two and zero or three and zero or whatever. But now we're we're far enough into the season, almost ten games in, where the Cavs and the Magic and the Hawks, we actually need to legitimately start talking about them because they're playing damn good basketball. The Orlando Magic are one of the best teams in, in the East. And, I, I mean, I'm surprised. they. We did just see Markel Fultz go down with a torn ACL. He's done for the year. So that, that actually does, sucks for them. So that I think that actually them. the Magic have had a, a really hot streak. So there's three teams that are on my radar right now besides the Celtics because the Celtics are climbing recently, except for those losses, obviously, to the Nets. we got to fix that. And that one devastating one to the Pistons, which is, you know, it happens. You're going to always lose to a team like that sometimes. But the 76ers are on the climb. I don't give Tobias Harris any credit. Which we should talk about Philly, too. I think Philly has picked up a lot of great pieces that has led them to 7-1. and And now this is a team that I actually am scared to play. The Nets, another team that I'm scared to play, and they're only 4-4. and The Bucks are still below us. They're climbing. But Magic lose Markel. So that's going to hurt them. They're six and two. They're 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 right on the asses of the 76ers, but losing Fultz for the season is definitely going to be a blow to that team. I don't know if that's going to absolutely drop them out of So well let me ask you ask you both this. Do you think now what do you think Cole Anthony his role is going to be now? I mean, he's obviously going to need to be very good for them. Do you do you think do you think he'll do it? You think he'll be able to play up to it? I don't know because when I'm looking at this now. Um, the Pacers are same record as them, and the Pacers are another team that's just doing pretty hot early on. So I don't think you can rely on one player to carry you that far. I'm not saying you can't do it, but again, I'm saying you still have the Heat. We're still adjusting to three and four, but I just think the Heat are still going to pull it off and come up. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last season, but I think they'll make it. you got the Nets and the Hawks who are definitely going to make it. I think the Knicks will fall out, but with that, it's a very competitive East now, more so than we originally thought. I don't think, you know, I think the Magic have a chance to make it, but I think that they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot. They're going to be fighting for a spot there. And it's going to be tough without Fultz. And I think Cole Anthony yeah. could do it. But again, with all those other teams having all their pieces, that's it's highly unlikely. I mean, I think you could go either way. I think Cole Anthony, from what I saw at UNC, told me he couldn't lead a team. And he's he got very lucky that the fact that March Madness didn't happen because if people found out UNC didn't make the tournament, which was going to happen, um, then I think he would have got, I think his stock, uh, draft stock would have probably fell personally. However, yeah. I think that point. now you're in the NBA, you've got better players on your team. You got Fournier, you got other guys. So I feel like, I feel like you could do it with this team, but it definitely will be like on him to really elevate them. I don't know if he does it. I think I kind of agree with John. I think they'll be trying to fight to get in. You also have to consider that this is a shortened season. So you have to, you have to, 
it's not not every single game counts, but you kind of gotta you can't lose a lot. I mean, no, I mean every single game every single game does count. Like you just, I mean, it kind of does. And a short yeah. season like this, you can't. I mean, you can lose one or two here or there, yeah. But like slow starts start are gonna six be two, yeah. Slow starts, slow starts are, are not good. Yeah, they're gonna be think, a lot like the more. Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors are not gonna make the playoffs. It looks like. Yeah, they're literally. one and six. I well, just, I'll tell you right now. I tell you right now. I think we can already tell which teams are definitely not gonna make it. At least for somewhat in the bottom three. I think the Wizards are the are one of those three bottom teams that they could climb, but it's gotta be a team effort, especially with Westbrook there now. He's got to really shape up and play the game that they're supposed to with Beal. Beal going off. And Westbrook, again, like you said, playing the game he plays, but not for the team here, it seems like. I, I the kinda, points that it needs. I kind of saw this happening with the, the Wizards. I just I, – I didn't I, – I'm not surprised it's happening. I, I'm not But surprised. I'm shocked that Westbrook would let this happen. The thing is, I don't even think they care that much because here's why. They're putting up stats. Like, they're putting up numbers. They're not winning. But they're not putting up wins. I know, and I, I think they do care about that to some extent. I think but... it's frustrating Beal. Because Beal is a guy Beal. who has lost Wall for a couple seasons now, a, and they've is, lost their playoff run opportunities. He gets Westbrook. Westbrook comes early to practice. Westbrook puts in the effort, and now in the real games, Westbrook doesn't show up. I mean, Beal is a is a winner. We all know that. Yeah. But I mean, I kind of underestimated this Eastern Conference. I don't know if you guys thought the same thing, but no, I, I, I underestimated too. The Western Conference right now. We're not going to get into it just yet, but the Western Conference there are. Four teams that are tied four and four, and five that are tied three and four. So right there, your top three teams are already pulled ahead pretty much and are already pretty much set for the time being. And one of them we didn't even see coming, the Suns. Yeah, yeah I the East has been weird. Just teams that you didn't think were going to win, like the the Cavs being four and four, and then even the Nets beat. The Nets being four and four confuses me a lot because they, they seem like they've been the best team in basketball. They seem like they've been the, they've acted like the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yet they'll lose games where you're like, wait a minute, you lost to that? Like, but you know what? That's fine for the Celtics because if the Celtics have to play them a couple times and we only lose to them, or we're only struggling with them and they don't make it, that's fine with me. We'll figure it out in the longer run. I just, I just I'm really concerned at the moment with the 76ers. The Pacers, I'm, I'm still, you know, with that record there, I, I just don't know what they're doing. But we obviously have to be We already have played Indy twice this year, and they've been good games. I mean, we we split them with them one to one. Yeah. And um, you know, both went down the wire, both great games. In fact, the, the second game that we did end up winning, we came back from seven down 17 in the second half. So they've been, they've shown that they can control us too. It, the East is definitely looking really good. I'll tell you what, I'm less scared of Milwaukee than I am of some other teams, like you just mentioned, Philly and Brooklyn and so on. Oh, yeah, I'm less, I think I'm Philly, less scared of the Bucs. Philly, not. it's become clear that Philly has done exactly what they need to do. We, we had mentioned this, too, before the season started on, on, on targeting here. But that Philly, for years with Brett Brown and – and um, I forget their GM's name, but that's going to kill me. But anyways, um, have just been not making the right moves to bring success to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid as a duo – and that this offseason, bringing in Doc Rivers and um, Daryl Morey, the old Rockets GM, just like they're actually making the right moves now, and they've made them, and they look really good. Bringing in the shooting that they needed was, was key. With, with yeah, Seth I, say, I, I think that's the number one team that we have to probably put a star next to to look at. The key thing for Doc is playoffs. 
We all know that. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is the key thing. It is very. It is very important. Let me ask you guys a question, both of you, because I got one for you. All right, let's hear. It. Um, Katie and Kyrie, do you think they last? And when I mean last, it could be a month, multitude of things. It could be injuries, it could be chemistry. But do you think they last all season together and can make a run for the championship? Do you think they can kind of make this thing work in Brooklyn this season? Well, I think there's a, I think there's definitely a problem in, in Brooklyn. I don't know what it is, but you're going four and four with two superstars. And another thing is we saw the other night, a little frustrated, or not the other night, but we saw, God, I'm going to, Justin, you're going to know, but um, in the game where they could have tied it up, all they needed was a bucket. And Kyrie yeah, pulls Yeah, against the Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards. Kyrie pulls up, shoots. He hits the, you know, he hits the rim. He, he, he hits a nice little brick. And that's fine. You're not going to make everything. But KD comes in with a wide open shot and puts it exactly where Kyrie does. And that's got to be frustrating when you're two superstars, the two guys that can make those shots, Katie a little close in the paint and Kyrie a little bit outside can't make the game winning shot. And I'm not going to blame that completely on them, but you can't lose to the wizards. I'm not saying the wizards aren't good, but you can't be losing to them if you're going to have a team like that for the nets. So the nets really should be five and three right now. They should be farther up. And I think that we're definitely seeing that, they got some kryptonite. They, they, there's there's going to be a weakness there, and we have to exploit it. And the Celtics obviously have played them twice, so we see it. We got to realize it, and we got to watch it. But well, I don't know if they're going to necessarily – I think they might make the playoffs still, but I don't know if they're going for it. Yeah, I think they'll make the playoffs. Justin, go ahead. What are your thoughts? Um, I think that they definitely are a playoff team. I think there's no way they miss the playoffs. Yeah. But that being said, I think that the their worst – nightmare is themselves the their biggest problem That's will be no themselves thing. Like, yeah i like i like what you're saying a lot too i think that they're gonna they're bound to the longevity of the season is the biggest issue for them they're bound to run into issues with just such hot personalities kevin duran and kyrie irving and losing spencer dinwiddie did not help he was yeah. definitely a guy that could come in run the offense be a second mind to just cool things down off of kyrie and the, and he, the level he plays at so it's it, yeah. It's uh, losing Spencer Dinwiddie for the entire season is a bad loss for them. I do think that there's no way they they miss the playoffs though. I oh. like Joe Harris. They've had Timothy Luwawu Cabrero playing better than he ever has in his entire goddamn career. I've I've never seen so many minutes from TLC. And the fact that I'm even calling him TLC is because the announcers do because he's that he's that household of a name now. And I can't even believe it, but he's been playing well for them. It's just like every time I look out there, I see Timothy Luau Cabrera splashing threes. I just, I'm beside myself. But I, I mean, think we're in agreement, well. though. They're making it to the playoffs. Well, they're but definitely making the playoffs. I just think it's interesting how it seems like they play up to their competition. Like when they know they got guys today, it's like the Celtics. Like when they're playing like guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and just even other good teams. Oh, if it's a big game on national TV, they're going to play. They're well. playing well, but the, as soon as it's a team like the Wizards or the Hawks, I mean, I mean, the Hawks are not that bad. So let's, I'm not going to shit on them. That but much. you can't lay your foot off the pedal. You but it's oh, yeah. like, like, like the that. Pedal. They got this like chip on their shoulder. This unnecessary chip on their shoulder that you're just going to automatically win the game. Which I clearly- mean, that's where the season's a grind. The season's a long grind. It's not easy to play in this league. And that's where guys like that, you see that they're not motivated. They're not energized to go out and play those games in the, on those smaller nights where it's and not on national TV and you're playing a below 500 team. And honestly, when you're, when you're Kyrie and Katie not making those shots and you're playing a team again, way below 500, 
Still a good team. You can't lay your foot off the pedal. Again, you still got Bradley Beal putting up amazing points the other night. You can't lay off the pedal. And I think, you know, we're not in question on the Nets making it, but we're in question on how they're going to perform going into the playoffs. You don't have Dinwiddie. And another big thing is Kyrie, we have seen, gets injured later in the season sometimes, pretty often than not, with a small injury sometimes, the thumb, shoulder, whatever it be. And KD does too sometimes. So I'm not going to be surprised if one of them gets injured with a small thing, is kept out of a lot of games for the future, but that really hurts their chances in fighting for that playoff spot still. They'll make it, yeah. but it's going to be it's not going to be an easy road for them if they're going to lay off the pedal on these easy teams. The thing is, the East is looking tough. The thing is, I think they're, they're I think Justin put it perfectly perfectly. They're they're their own worst enemy, and I think they'll get to the playoffs. But honestly, they're just making it harder for themselves. They are the team that can get they can get the one seed. They can make it so that they're they're basically home. Most they have most of their games at home and Brooklyn for the playoffs. But if they want to slack off and they want to get that five, four or five seed, they definitely can do that. They probably could do it with like just sitting one out and playing one in. But the problem with that is you're just making it harder on yourself. So I don't know why they don't just you're clearly beating these good teams, the Celtics, friggin' um, they beat the Warriors. I mean, um, with Curry. And you're losing to like Hawks, the Wizards, like these random ass games. And it's like you're making it harder for yourself come playoff time. You can make I think it their home court game. is going to be vital for them because home court they they perform. They seem to perform. You know, you know what this be... team reminds me of? This team reminds me a lot of the Clippers from last year where you have that just monstrous duo, but it's also a deep team. But you have these two main guys that you know the entire offense runs through both of these guys at different times or whatever, but this is these are your two guys. And then when they got to the po- – all regular season, coast, coast, coast. Yeah, we'll play the big games on national TV when it's a battle of L.A. We're going to get the big win against the Lakers, stuff, which they did. They won, they won a lot of big games on national TV. But when it came time to the playoffs, they did not have the team chemistry developed. They were not playing in a system. They were losing basketball games in the playoffs, and they ended up getting eliminated because they just didn't you, – you can't coast all regular season. There's a point to putting in the work for 82 games or 72 this year. It was, There's it a was, point to was, playing all of them. And I could see choked. this Nets team uh, – yeah, I could see this Nets team being very similar where – like you had just mentioned it too, Jerry, a minute ago when you said they show up for big games. They play They they play very well. They play, they play well. They play well on big nights, which makes you think when you get to the playoffs, maybe – you never know because – they play well on big nights. The playoffs are the, the biggest nights of them all. Yeah. They probably play well. But exactly. we said the same thing all year last year with the Clippers. And at the end of the day, chemistry is more important than just raw skill. Yeah, when it comes true. to the playoffs, you need to play as a team. Shooting percentages go down in the playoffs because you you learn how to play systematic defense against the same team for seven straight games. That's, another- that's a whole different it's a whole different type of offense to run. Yeah. And Chemistry is so important. I'm they could definitely the face score. issues. I'm with just that. looking at the scores right now because I'm just curious on some of the other losses they had. The Grizzlies in OT. That shouldn't happen. I'm sorry. That was that, without Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson. And that was without Jaron Morant. So that shouldn't happen. Great. Hornets, you lose by two, which is just that's that's just that, the Hornets balling out. I love the, I like out. the Hornets a lot this year. I don't know if I've said that on targeting yet, but Hornets are my my second team this year. Um, I'm not again. I think the Hornets are. I think the Hornets are definitely doing like very well considering the teams they've been playing and you know the new pieces they have. I think they've definitely lived up to a lot of the hype. 
But again, yeah. the record is not what you would hope. Not even but, yeah, it's not even like the fact that they're losing to these teams too. It's because it's not like they're it's not like they're barely winning every single game. They beat the Celtics by what twenty or thirty points. So they beat, they oh, I know. The and they beat the Warriors by thirty or forty. 30, yeah, and they, like, and they split with the Hawks. That's a comfortable win. So the fact that you're losing these like nitty gritty games to these these not that great teams are so good, but they're not that great. Yeah, you lose to the Wizards by one. You beat the Jazz by. 34 that hurts you and i think they're gonna realize that eventually but they better realize it soon because it's a short season and if you start to slack off in those and they have to realize especially this year you're not dealing with like if there's no distinction between bum bum ass teams and really great teams they're all kind of pretty good some nights they're better some nights they're worse so you're gonna have to play consistently because across the league in my opinion i don't know if you guys have seen this but there's not really like a bum ass team like the no, Suns, there are, there's no nights off in this league the suns used to be Hell, we just went against maybe the arguably worst team we just played a series against them two games in detroit probably the worst team as far as just the roster on paper goes we just put them one on one and both oh, yeah. teams went down to last shot again, i'm not playing that, that's a good team i'm again i'm not saying the celtics took the you know their foot off the pedal but it's a good team still. So yeah, the Celtics got to realize when you go and play that good team, you got to play them like any team. I don't even think they took the, the foot off the pedal. I just think some bad teams have good nights. And the they do. No, 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 they do. And we, we split with them. So it shows that after that bad night, we came back, we did what we had to do, but you, you're going to have bad nights. And that's just got to be careful because like, I mean, obviously you'll make the playoffs and I'm sure you will. And I'm sure you'll get a decent seed too, but you're going to just make it harder on yourself come playoff time when you just think like, yeah, we're going to – it's tough. Like Justin said, that was a great comparison between the, the Clippers where it's just like, all right, it's a big night every night. We're going to win all the time because every night's a big night. But the problem is when you play every night like it's a big night, you're going to run out of, like, fuel. There, there's going to – yeah. you can't play every night like there's a big night. You have to have times where other players take over. That's where the chemistry comes in because some player will play a good game one night. You might not play a great game the other night, but your other player should have your back at that, that time. That's, that's the thing with basketball. It's with any sport, but that's especially with basketball. You can't you can't coast like this because the whole team's got to get – like the Celtics do it perfectly. Every guy's getting minutes. Again, another thing we haven't talked about, Pritch. Pritch getting that game winner. Oh, you're getting my God. The, you're getting the young guys. Shout out to Pritch. Shout out to Love Pritch. Him. Honestly, I would give him the athlete of the week if I could. But just that game winner can't do it for him. But my hot, my hot. What the Celtics do best is you give these guys, these young guys, minutes, even in the clutch times when you're down, and you're giving them the confidence that they can carry that team through it. You're not just putting all the rookies out there, but you're putting one or two. And we saw Pritch come out and and ball out. He struggled the first couple games with some of his shots, but he he's been improving. That's what they have. These teams have to realize, and that's the thing that sometimes the you know, the Nets are going to take for granted losing Dinwiddie and trying to rely just on Kyrie KD. And, you know, that's well, just- I can just see I can just see the future, I feel like, with this team a little bit because I remember when Kyrie was in Boston and we got, we were going into the playoffs and Kyrie is relying on on uh, ISO ball to play in the in a playoff series against the Milwaukee Bucks. And we got eliminated in the game five against Milwaukee. We got eliminated. Kyrie was like four of 21. And that's what happens when you play ISO ball for the fifth straight night against the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I just, I can see what's going to happen with this Nets team. I can definitely feel like chemistry is going to be a big issue for them. You have and to chemistry is everything in the playoffs. It's everything. And you can't, like, that's the thing. That's a great example. You can't go into every game trying to play the exact same scenario when it's not working for you. 
especially against a team like the Bucks, or eventually it's going to be a team like the 76ers or the Celtics. But, I mean, obviously yeah. they, they beat the Celtics, but you so can't rely on beating the Celtics every time just because you beat them twice. That's not how basketball the, works. The thing is, they play, they play the big-time games against the worst teams in the fourth quarter. Like, that's when they show up. And it's like you yeah. can't just coast the entire game and expect to come out in these last few seconds because that's what they've been trying to do, just win it like on a game-winning shot at these last seconds. You're not going to do that. And, and they failed on those two opportunities wide open that they had with Kyrie that's and Katie. That's how you accumulate losses, and that's gonna it's going to be shitty for you when you come playoff time. You're on home court advantage, and you very well could have been. But, um, yeah. All right, I mean, I, you want to get into your hot take, Jerry? You're yeah, not I know you're just about Peyton Pritchard. We are just talking about it. You're not going to like it. Really? All right, let's hear it. All right, I like Peyton Pritchard as a player. Oh Pers- no! Personally, I think we're giving him a little too many, too many, too much minutes. Oh no! And I think the Celtics have a, a minor problem of playing like guys that shouldn't necessarily be playing. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I'm ready to fight this one hard. So, John, if you see, want to get a word, go ahead. See, I, <laughs> I can't. I'm not going to attest to anything about necessarily Pritch. I like him. No, uh, I like I think, Pritch. Oh, wait, I right. think no, 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 no. Oh, you, had your, you had your moment. You had your moment to speak. You'll get your rebuttal. <laughs> I think that, you know, Pritch is a great player. He's obviously proved it last night, especially with the game winner. I think Justin's got more of a, a personal note with this man, you know? And no, I'm not even going to make it about that. It's completely. Okay, okay, no, no, but I'm just going to say you got a little bit bit more of a personal thing. So I'll let you handle that one if you want to, or you can take it somewhere else. But I think that the thing I like most about the Celtics is that we come out to play for all those minutes and then we give some of these younger guys some minutes. I don't think we should be giving the minutes necessarily in the clutch times all the time. I think we choose it selectively, but I trust our system. I think the teams that we need to focus on more are the Nets, obviously, in the 76ers, and we can't be giving up those games with that. But I trust the system. It's been working. It looks like it's working. If it starts to fail, then I'll agree with you. But for the time being, Pritch showed up. Edwards showed up the other night. I'm just going to keep it the way I the way I see it. Okay. And that's just how I see it. Okay, Justin, go ahead. All right. My, my thing, up, I'm going to go ahead and and talk about your comment saying that the Celtics have a habit of playing young guys too much more than they deserve mm-hmm. rather than go at Peyton Pritchard individually, because yeah, that, that, we'll but, deal with that later. We'll deal with that. I just want to clarify Peyton, Peyton Pritchard is the example I am proving. Okay. 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 He is, cool. he so is generally my exact, really clear, my though. exact take would be, the complete opposite. I believe that the Celtics don't give the young guys enough minutes at all. We saw it last year with Brad Wanamaker. We're seeing it again this year by signing Tristan Thompson and signing Jeff Teague to average bench players that we brought in because we didn't want Peyton Pritchard and Robert Williams getting the direct backup minutes because they were too young. And we've seen the past few years, we've seen Carson Edwards, Trey Waters, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, all of these guys be nothing besides Peyton, arguably now is turning into something. All of Shemi Ojale, Grant Williams, all of these guys have turned into almost nothing because we don't give them any opportunity. These guys are are getting the Danny Ainge has been such a genius in that he's brought in so many draft picks to Boston that we that weren't originally ours that we have this surplus of young stars that will never be anything in green because they don't have an opportunity to be. Carson Edwards could be could be a great backup point guard. Not here. He can't be Peyton Pritchard 
I think Peyton Pritchard will be our great backup point guard. Not he won't be this season when Jeff Teague, when he when Kemba comes back, Jeff Teague can be the backup, and Peyton's minutes will go way down. Romeo Langford might never be anything. Aaron Neesmith, I love Aaron Neesmith, but he might never be. He hasn't gotten any minutes. Grant Williams and Ojale are like the same player. We're gonna have to pick one of them. Neither of them really get many minutes either. It's we have so many young guys. Robert Williams, I'm ready to take the next step with Time Lord, and nobody and the the organization isn't. Because he's too young, he's too raw, so they believe. So we got Taco Fall, we got Trey Waters. There's just unlimited young guys that will never be anything because they don't have. We don't have an opportunity, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We're a winning team. That's why we don't have an opportunity. We're competing for a championship, and I would never trade those two things. But we have a lot, a lot of young talent that goes wait that gets wasted because we don't have enough minutes to go around. I think we do have minutes for some of them, but again, it's tough to to pick and choose because you have to like, you know, some nights Pritch is going to get more Then we saw Nesmith get some more one night. You know, you're going to have to balance that, which is tough. It's a good problem to have. You're trying to get these guys some minutes, but you can't give them all of it. But you brought up a good point. You have all these play these young players and eventually other teams are going to want them. And that's going to be our bargaining chip. And I'm not saying we're going to get rid of all of them, but you know, there's definitely, like you said, they're not staying in green. At least all of them are. Here's the my point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to take on Payne Pritchard. I like Payne Pritchard. And it's not him specifically. It's generally, it seems like we're always a young team, right? When Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown came in, right, we were considered a young team, right? They're, a li- I mean, they're still young. Don't get me wrong. But they're a little older now, right? And it seems like we're just back there. We're still a young team. At some point, to be competitive, you need to have, and the Celtics are doing this, but they, they don't have, in my opinion, that team. So you have to have a core group of guys, something like a LeBron Anthony Davis, but I'm not saying like we're that. We have that. What is that? Jalen Jason. Come on. Like, what do you mean, come on? What do you mean? We have Kemba Walker. We have a big three. Jalen Jason and Kemba Walker. That's our big three. Smart's our fourth option. I just think that you need like I I think Jason and Jalen are still trying to become superstars. I do not think they're superstars yet. That could be a hot. Take. I agree with you that we have always been a primarily young team. When you look at the average age of our of everybody on the roster, you take the average. We'd be a young team, yes. But historically, we always have some other guy to take away some other older guy to take away the minutes from the young guys that we actually should just be giving them the minutes to. You look at the past three years, look at the past three years. Who's been running our backup point guard when it should have been Carson Edwards or Trey Waters or Peyton oh, I Richard? Got, I agree. Our, our backup point guards have been Shane Larkin. Why do we need him getting minutes? What is he going to do? Then it was Brad Wanamaker, and now it's Jeff Teague. I like Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague's very, really good, and I'm really happy with that signing. But I'm just saying we're signing – we sign these veterans so that the young guys – don't aren't we don't rely on them they're there that's to my, get some minutes and develop but we don't rely on them because we have my, the guys that will make the shot that's my whole point though we need to be consistently progressing younger guys and just keeping them on the roster instead of just keep we keep keeping our picks and we keep adding them to the team to a point where we just have an overload of young guys and as a result you have a, a lot of you good young guys like you said Payne Pritchard, Carson Edwards, Aaron Neesmith we have all these good young guys who will never see the floor because there's just too many of them on the team. It is, it is certainly a hot take. And I certainly agree with you though, that it's definitely going to be a struggle to balance all these great players that we have, because we always seem to bring in great young guys. And it's a damn shame that there isn't, you know, enough time in the game to put them all in. Cause I think they'd all perform, you know, at a 
stellar level. But here's the thing is, is that we can't. Here's my point. All right, and then we can end this because I really want to talk about NFL. But I know we actually have a lot of NFL to talk, and we're long into this one. Well, so, yeah, okay, MS, continue. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll right, last thing, Jay, get the last, last thing I'll say. Last thing I'll say. Celtics always want to start with eight guys, and then just have an additional equally good like five, three or four more guys. I was saying five; that would have been too many. Three or four more guys. When in reality, you need to have an obvious eight or nine players that you consistently play on a consistent basis, and then the other three don't play. It seems like they're always switching. Like, oh, Peyton Pritchard will play one night, Aaron Eastman will play another. No, shouldn't be like that. You should have a solid eight guys that you can take out throughout the years so that that core can develop. That's what the Celtics well, should do. I agree, but you can't just walk in the door as a rookie and be that. You have to get some minutes to develop into that. And that's why I'm glad Peyton Pritchard is getting all the touches that he's getting. Because Peyton Pritchard, ideally, if you, I don't know if you, how you guys feel. I know, obviously, we're all huge Celtics fans. Ideally, for me, as a Celtics fan, for the next many years down the line, I want Peyton Pritchard to be our sixth man, our backup point guard, our, our oh, floor ground hold to run the second unit. He can be a sixth man of the year. I can see it in my eyes right yeah, now. That, that's, I agree with that. I want that to happen. But the problem is... A lot of players, I don't know if he's di- he's different yet, but a lot of players don't accept that role. I thought Rogier was out for us. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I know. So it's tough because not a lot of people want to just be on the bench for the rest of their lives, even though that's probably, no offense, where they belong. So it's really just, I agree. If he can accept that role, sign him to however, however long he wants. But I just think there's a lot of players who at some point they want that six-man role to be a starting lineup position. But we but we have to choose out of all those guys we got. You can't keep them all. And you can't keep them all, and that's the point. I think eventually we're going to have to start just cutting down on those guys and just sticking with a core, like a real core. Not no, like yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree. I agree. I agree. Real six or seven guys. I see your hot take. Yeah. All right. We're going right. to go. We'll go NFL. I got to get a charge Justin, real quick. But let's go NFL. Justin, you have your staff of the week. Or you... I do have my staff of the week. You want me to rip that? Let's hear Let's hear all right. Um, all right. We'll just do it without John. <laughs> um, so uh, on March, it's just a ridiculous stat line. One of the most, probably the craziest you'll ever hear. So on March 18, 1968, Wilt Chamberlain's stat line was 53 points, 32 rebounds, 24 blocks, 12 assists, 11 seals, a quintuple double with 50, 30, 20, 12 and 11. Like, are you kidding me? Crazy, are you dude. kidding me? crazy that's ridiculous i don't understand that is i can't fathom how that stat line existed in real life it's 53 32 24 12 and 11 it's sad that, that sad that yeah john we're just talking about Welt's stat line oh yeah i heard that i'll read it off for you one more time yeah 53 32 24 12 and 11 Holy i mean quit shit. playing with him my god quintuple double <laughs> That's impressive, but that's never possible in this day and age. I'm well, no, sorry. the basketball game no. back then was so much different, especially no. with his height and with his level and the, the way the game was played. You'll never see those numbers again. You'll see some of those numbers for, like, certain areas, but you're never going to see, like, that high. You know, you may see someone who's got a lot of rebounds and assists, but you're not going to see them get that many points. Like, this is yeah, you know? 